Welcome back, people in my neighborhood, to the People in Your Neighborhood podcast. In planning season two, we wanted to start with something special. We want to start with something unique. And it just so happens to fall on the birthday of one of our favorite artists, uh, Doug Pinnock. His birthday is today, September 3rd. He is turning 70, but he is much younger than all of us. We are excited to honor him, to say happy birthday to him, to celebrate his music, to celebrate his thought process, his philosophy in so many ways. So I decided I'm going to get together some of my biggest fans of Doug Pinnock and have some kind of a roundtable discussion. I mean, what that means in these days means you get people whenever they're available. So we did it in sections. And I got a hold of some really amazing people to celebrate Doug's birthday today. I got a hold of Doug Van Pelt, uh, the former editor of HM Magazine, and a guy who has influenced the musical tastes of so many people around the world. And he's got some real insight and some great stories that he shared with us. I then called Matt Core, another good buddy of mine, who our musical tastes run along the same line. We talked about all kinds of different things, how we met and also how we got hooked on uh, King's X and Doug Pinnock. I then got a hold of Chuck Wheeler. Chuck is a guy that I've gone to so many shows with, King's X shows with, and we sit and talk for hours after a show, just enjoying and reveling in the afterglow of a King's X show. Derek Silabres, he's the voice of Leader Dogs for the Blind, whom I manage, uh, and Bang Up State, and several other projects as well. Uh, just a great singer, killer voice, uh, amazing musician, and a good friend. And also, I was able to get a hold of Kenny Carter. Kenny, it's so hard to describe. Kenny Kenny is a an all-around Renaissance man, artist, does so many things, gets involved in so many projects. He uh, is responsible for Kenny's little trip. That was the first thing I'd heard from him. Trump Dogs, available on Spotify, and his new gig known as The Magi. The song is called Try. You'll hear part of it today. And so we all sat around as much as we could sit around together, and we talked about Doug, and we talked about celebrating his birthday and the influences that he's had on us and the bands that he's been involved with. Uh, for those of you that may not know the name Doug Pinnock, Doug Pinnock has been a member of the band King's X since its inception. But also KXM, The Mob, PGP, Supershine. There are so many, Grinder Blues, there's so many different projects that he's been involved with. Each one brings a different level of funk. Each one brings a different level of rock to the table, brings its own flavor. And he is busier now than he's ever been. I couldn't be more grateful. So as a partner to this podcast, we have created a Spotify playlist of 70 songs to celebrate Doug's 70th birthday. If you don't know Doug's music, please, please, please check it out. This is a gentleman who has been so friendly after shows, so accessible at in-stores, so accessible, easy to talk to. I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Doug, for what you've done, what you continue to do uh, for putting your a thousand percent effort into everything you've done yeah you've never half-assed anything you've given me a lot to think about and i appreciate what you've done i you have written songs you've been involved in music and lyrics that have gotten me through some very difficult times and i find that even the lyrics that i was enjoying at age 25 are lyrics that have kept me together at age 51 so thank you very much for 
putting your heart out there, putting your heart into your music and for fearlessly telling us what we need to hear from the platform that you've been given. Doug, happy birthday. I hope you're enjoying your day and I look forward to continuing to be a small part of what you're doing. Take care. Have you ever been to the electric church? The Reverend Herschel happiness resides. How y'all doing? Y'all there? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't say it anywhere near as funky as. Have you ever been to the electric church? The Reverend Herschel happiness resides. Psychophunkadelic grandulism in the garden of dysfunctional love. The cosmic gospel of love, electric foundation. I'll take you there. We are here on People in Your Neighborhood talking about Doug Pinnock. Doug Pinnock is 70 today. Uh, I was actually on a call, and he was one of the bass players that was on the call. And he, when he said, I'm about to turn 70, everybody stopped and went, what did you just say? They did, yeah. not, they did not believe it. They were like, because they all know how busy he is. Uh, you know, you had Victor Wooten on the call. You had all kinds of people. And uh, they were all like, Doug, 70? How? No, how can that be? So we say the same thing, but it's all good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Excellent. Go ahead. You know what? Introduce yourselves and uh, tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name's Doug Van Pelt, and I may be improperly bragging here, but there's somebody that's going to listen to this that I am probably personally responsible for them being introduced to Doug Pinnock because <laughs> I introduced King's X to the Christian heavy metal world in issue number 17 of Heaven's Metal Magazine back in 1988, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, never looked back. I think it was a fresh new music from heaven. Uh, there's nothing like it before or since. And uh, anyway, I had a career in a music industry for 28 years doing heaven's metal magazine hm magazine and uh that's over now now i work for the state of texas very cool yeah and and doug that and that's how we met we met through the magazine through uh nashville and all that kind of stuff and again i was eating up every review that you had of not only king's x but the cowboys and everything affiliated and uh so yes you're responsible for a large uh part of my music collection for sure and musical taste so thank you very much for that by the way sure sure and one other thing i wanted to add is i actually yeah. appeared on one of doug's solo albums nice. i don't know if it's pineapple skunk but he used one of my voicemail messages uh, <laughs> i consider myself an artist and an outgoing an incoming voicemail or a voicemail recording is my canvas and one time i left a weird silly message on doug pinnick's answer machine and he used it on his one of his solo albums. <laughs> so what you're saying is you were cameo before there was cameo. That's right. And uh, we used to have a flag football game in Nashville every year, and it was artist versus industry. And if you want, if you wanted to be on the artist side, you have to have been on the CD in the last year. And so one year, I used that as my qualification <laughs> to be on the artist team. <laughs> That's the loophole, the Doug loophole. That's right. I like it. Coming from a lawyer, that is impressive. I like the, I like the way you use that loophole. Very cool. <laughs> you know. And we have my buddy Matt on to, with us today as well. Yeah. So, uh, Matt Core. I'm right now sitting in Lacombe, Alberta, but Ryan and I have been friends since I was in university at the University of Windsor. Um, and 
Doug, yep. I actually have met you in person in Cornerstone 91. I, per, I bought a subscription from Heaven's Metal from you personally while, while you were there selling subscriptions right. to your magazine. So I, I discovered King's X actually uh, on the third album, the, the Faith, Hope, Love album, when it was first released. I saw there was like a Sam Record Man record store, like right on the corner beside the University of Waterloo where I went to school. And I used to walk, my apartment was by Laurier, and Ryan knows what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm, were, yeah. They're sort of close together. And I used to walk from Laurier to Waterloo to go to school, and I'd stop in at the Sam the Record Man there. And this CD caught my eye. I grabbed it. I listened to it, and I'd never heard anything like it. Hmm. This is this is awesome. And I, and I used to I have this vivid memory of walking in the middle of winter. All I had was my... University Wilder leather jacket. I was too cool to zip it up. And so I'd have it open, but I had my headphones on and I'd be listening to this back and forth between Laurie and Windsor all the time. That is a cool, that is a cool story for the kids that have Spotify now. (laughs) You know, when I wanted music back in the day, I would, I would wear like a very thin coat and I travel through ice and snow and I'd fight my way. (laughs) And of course, I had to go back and I had to find all their other, their CDs, Gretchen and Out of the Silent Planet. And I think I was the only one out of my group of friends that had Out of the Silent Planet. Like wow. everybody had to borrow it from me. It was, it was really hard to find in Canada. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, so that was, and, and I love it. Uh, when I think of, uh, when I think of the music and I'd hear it, there's like such an honesty in the lyrics. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the almost some of the songs I almost look at as like modern day Psalms. Yeah. We're just I, I would agree with you there. God and, and saying, "Hey, you know, this is this is what's on my heart right now," and or even just saying, "This is what's on my heart." And and I've always been moved um, by all their albums. And then, of course, you know, as the years went by, um, we didn't have the internet. I didn't know when their albums were being released. And I got married, and I had to let my subscription to Heaven's Metal go. Sorry, sorry, Doug. Oh I, no! Every once in a while, I would actually find it on a newsstand and buy it. But uh, but my wife knew that I liked the band, and whenever Christmas came, she would always give me like the newest CD. Um, <laughs> it was it was really cool that way. So I always I, I always kept up with all their music. But uh, but yeah, that's the best thing to find under the tree for sure. <laughs> I didn't even know what was there. I think your candy. I opened it up one day. What what's this? You know, and uh, oh, great tape head. And I think oldest nice. and oh. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. What and Doug, you were an early adopter, for sure. We we were as early, as early as like it was it was eighty eight would have been Silent Planet, right? Yeah, yep. So you were you knew beforehand, probably probably an advanced copy as well. I'm guessing. Uh, uh no, I went out and bought that one because okay. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Arsenault, the singer for Soldier out in San Francisco uh called me up or sent me a letter or something there was him and some other folks were talking about king's x king's x and i had a conversation with them and he went in depth about the title out of the silent planet and blah 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 and then i got uh, the phone book out or just went to information and looked up doug pinnock houston texas and called him on the phone <laughs> nice. it was just that and uh and uh that's great shortly thereafter <laughs> i got an interview through i I think the first phone call was just a, a chat, and then the interview. I think was it was all three members, and okay. I got all three members of their testimony, 
uh, documented in the magazine. Nice. And I think that was through Megaforce Records. And ever since then, I uh, got them serviced. I got them for free. <laughs> the beautiful <laughs> word, free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know that there was a bigger champion uh, in those years than you for that band. For sure, yeah. because it was like, and again, the Cowboys and Atomic Opera, and you know, it's like it's like a seal of approval. Uh, it, are they affiliated with the guys? Okay, that's good. We'll we'll, we'll pick it up. A sight unseen. Like there there were several projects that I bought without even listening to it because it was like, nope. If they, if it's affiliated with Kings X and and HM's <laughs> already approved it, HM pre-approved. Uh, it's it's good enough for me. You know? There you go. So I guess I mean I guess that's the big question is when when did you first ask Doug into your heart? But I think uh, I think you've answered that uh, both of you as well. What was the artwork? Was it the music? Was it a little bit of everything? Was it what 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 got what grabbed your attention? I mean, especially like Doug. I mean, both of all of us really as many projects as we were getting on a regular basis. Uh, what was it about those first recordings, King's X recordings that you heard that really grabbed your attention? Oh, it's the songs. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. the songs and the vocals, the instrumentation, just the, the freshness of the music, the where they went uh, musically, the stops yeah. and starts and everything, uh, the lyrics and the album artwork was always excellent, too. Mm-hmm. But that was way down the list. Um, and then I saw him live probably uh, right before uh, Gretchen came out. I saw him in Austin at South by Southwest and uh, and they played over my head that night which I, you know, never heard. And uh, so that was killer. But yeah, from, from day one, for me, it was like, oh, this is my new favorite band. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if they can match this live, that'd be amazing. And then they, every time they've exceeded it live, like as good as the recording is to see them live is that I, I remember, I remember there was one year I saw in one week, I saw you two, then I saw POD. And then I was seeing King's X. But I remember saying, look, I've just seen these two stellar shows. I've seen King's X like seven or eight times at this point. And I went, well, let's, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a good show. And then I'm <laughs> jaw dropped. <laughs> trying to, uh, The only way I could describe that show was I was trying to climb inside the music. I was just like, how can I get more of this in me right now? Like it was, that was that powerful. And I never, ever questioned, you know. <laughs> a King's X show again because I was like, well, I've just seen two big heavy hitters. I'm sure this one's going to be great too. No, yeah. uh, I, under, I, understatement I, of the year. Unfortunately, I have never seen King's X live. Oh my, yeah. Oh my, Ryan, we we need oh, to pray for you. I saw him open good. for ACDC, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was probably close to 40 minutes, but it could have been. I don't, I don't remember how short it was, but okay, it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. I mean, I was introduced to the band by a guy at church whose name was actually Doug. And uh, he let me borrow his copy of Silent Planet. And I, I mean, can you imagine saying, here's my CD for a week? I'll see you next week at church. And I was like, <laughs> after the first after the first day, I was like, I might switch churches. So I don't have to give this guy a CD back. <laughs> but I didn't. And I gave it back to him. And then I went and bought everything I possibly could. But uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty, you know, again, the the music. The, the honesty of the lyrics and and you know even that that playlist i sent out when i listened to it the other day i was like hope just bleeds through all this all these songs even yeah. the, you know even the ones that don't seem like it hope yeah. is the hope is kind of the undercurrent for me so if you had to choose only one of doug's songs which three would you go with there's no there's no way we can pick one sorry you want to go first matt well well over my head is is uh, number one for me for sure. 
and it it's the one King's X song that I play on the guitar myself. So <laughs> <laughs> nice over my I, head. I agree. I agree with that. I, I endorse that message. Where can I go after that? There's so many. I just love that song, Pray. And, uh, oh, I mean, you're asking me, like, which one of my kids I love. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to answer that one? No, let's not answer answer that one. (laughs) When you ask me that kind of question, those ones stand out in my mind that that when those come out. And, and, oh, I got to say King. King is it. Yeah, that's a good, those are good choices. Cool. Absolutely. What you got, got, Doug? I'm going to go with Goldilocks. Yep. Still my favorite of all time. Uh, maybe uh, we were born to be loved, and maybe yeah. bittersweet. I'm pretty sure bittersweet is a Thai song, but Doug sings it. Great. Uh, one of my buddies, Joey Puente, who should be on this call. Uh, one time he said his favorite King's X songs are the ones that Ty writes because uh, they got a certain style to them. But yeah, there's so many songs. That's those. Those are my three because you forced me at gunpoint to choose. <laughs> you know, I knew one was never gonna fly. Sorry, that just ain't gonna happen. Yeah, yeah thanks for offering three. Yeah, well, I tried to expand it. It's the Canadian nature. <laughs> no, I, I, I was had to, and then I realized I got to answer these questions myself. Moan Jam to me, um, because live. That song, like it, I, I can't, I can't. Once I heard it live for the first time, actually, the last summer was my fourteenth show. Um, but once I saw, once I saw that live, I went, oh wow! Like just, just the, just the way that builds, just what it's about, everything about it, just, just connects. Uh, I really like Vegetable again because because of live. Wow, of seeing it live, like like the, where they take it on the in the live setting is is pretty astounding. Uh, I, vegetable um, is like one of those songs that that I, I, I like. I want to work out to, like when I do like yeah. a workout on my own. That's that's like the first song that I try to play. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get it on my gym's playlist all the time. Yeah, and I think I think flies and blue skies. Ooh, yeah. Um, there is like I uh, there is life, there is death, and the, the difference between either one is one single breath. Yeah. I I love that lyric when I heard it when I was a kid, and then. Around my dad's passing, I actually I actually went to a show two weeks after uh, my dad had passed, and I would, I went in there going, "I'm going to buy a hoodie this time. I'm going to buy a hoodie." And I just I, I knew which one I wanted. I didn't see the back of it. I just saw the front. I had the King's X logo, and I'm like, "Yep, that's the one I'm going to get when I get there." As soon as I get there, so I buy the thing, and on the back is that line: "There is life, there is death, and the difference between either one is one single breath." And with my dad's passing, I had actually experienced. I saw the difference between life and death, and that's that lyric. I couldn't believe. It. I was like, "God, like that's that was awesome that you gave me that <laughs> that message right when I needed it." Um, it was it was powerful. And it, like I said, there's there's lyrics that they wrote that as a kid, I was like, "Man, that's awesome. Man, that's deep. Man, that's this." But then life has happened, and then you hear those lyrics again, and you go, "Oh my goodness." Yeah, yeah. So, flies and blue skies is definitely um, it's a it's a it's a different three uh, three that I've chosen. But yeah, um, thanks for I picking think, one from Dogman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's you know it's it's when the lyric connects more now than it ever did. That's those are the ones that you know really stand out to me. But I always tend to lend out my Dogman CD and then I have to buy another one because I never. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> own now. <laughs> yeah. We well, and I'm the one that's always looking for it. I think I need the yellow one. I think I've got all the other ones, all the other covers, but the that's yellow one. What I have now is the yellow one. 
just in case, in case Spotify shuts down one day. So, you know, because that's going to happen. Anyway, so for what you do and for your love of music, how has the man impacted what you do? What's been your lasting impression? Uh, he's a, a close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I'm starting to choke up. Uh, he said a, a couple, he's spoken into my life just in com- private conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time he told me I had a heart of gold. Wow. And uh, that's meant the world to me. And uh, I remember the time he told me he was gay. And uh, I uh, heard his story about when, when he told some of the guys in his band, which I'm guessing was Sneak Preview or The Edge, which probably had four or five members in it, I'm, I'm guessing, by the right. details of the story. Okay. And uh, one of the guys in the band, when he heard about it, it was he panicked. And he was like, oh, we need to have a band meeting right now. We need to get our manager in here. We need to find out what we're going to do now. Mm-hmm. And it just broke uh, Doug's heart, and he took off riding on his bicycle and uh, it, make, it makes me think they're all kids because, you know, Ty, Doug, and Jerry are all on their bicycles. And anyway, uh, Ty and Jerry get on their bicycles and they probably know where he's at. And he's by this tree in the park, which I guess is a favorite tree or whatever. And they all go and they hang out with him and they they let him know that they're with him, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they love their, their, their love for him, you know, doesn't uh, isn't altered at all. Yeah. That story about Ty and Jerry coming to a side, you know, and being his friend in the midst of this scandal that it just resulted uh, spoke volumes to me and kind of really reflected their whole philosophy as a band from the get go. I, I always understood that love was like a big deal to these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Love for family, love for wives, love for each other and stuff. And, uh, and it's just love around the world and all that. And it's definitely been something that's resided in their lyrics, but yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing to hear that there's a band that wrote It's Love that holds it all together, lives it. Yeah. Because it, it, as you said, Doug, you can see it on stage. If, if they didn't like each other, <laughs> you would know it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they, if they it, like, it's it's one of those, there's, there's only a, a handful of bands that I know that have that kind of, they've got each other's back no matter what. And every, every single time I've seen them met after the show, hung True. out. It's nice to hear their initial response was was love, and and going after him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. that's that's thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, we didn't even get into the other projects. Like we we kind of kept it to King's X. That yeah. that last KXM record. Oh, oh yeah, shivers. I haven't heard it. Oh my really? gosh, the, some of the vocals and stuff going on in there is yeah you yeah Doug you need to find that one. Okay. Uh, What's yeah? When I uh, remarried, we danced to uh, "I Want to Live Forever" from the no way. the Mob record. Yeah, yeah, love it, awesome. love it. So that's how I knew she was the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Matt, Matt, how is how is uh, Doug's music and affected you? Well, you know, it, it's like I say. Um, you know, when when I'm when I'm feeling down, it's the music I go to. And, and I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Ryan, when, when you said hope bleeds through it. Yeah. Because, because it is, they are oozy songs. They are songs that, that have a little bit of a lament to them, but, but that hope bleeds through. And I don't know, whatever it is, I I just feel like I'm listening to maybe a kindred spirit or something who's going through the same things that I'm going through at the time. Right. But yeah. So, but at the same time, you know, like I'll listen to them when, when things are up as well. And, 
And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, as far as musically though, like what really blows me away is, is what they can accomplish with just the three of them. Yeah. It, I, you know, like I'm, I'm a big fan of, of prog rock, you know, like Kansas is, you know, and there's so many instruments and it's all yeah. kind of blended together, but they accomplish so much with just three instruments and the harmonies and stuff. I mean, that's the, they influence so many other bands. Like every yeah. time I'll listen to some other band and I'm like, Oh yeah, these guys listen to King's X. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Their, their life is extended beyond their own output to, you know, to the next generation and beyond, which is, which is again, exciting. And I, and I hope they understand that. Like I really hope they understand that or get a, get a taste of it uh, and see, and see how many people they've influenced and how many people that are, you know, are, are eating up everything they do. Anything else you want to say? I don't want to hold you guys up. And I appreciate you taking the time because, again, your insight into something that we're all big fans of and why you're big fans is important. And I think and uh, I think people need to hear it. Any Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, thanks for uh, letting us be a part. Happy birthday, Doug. And uh, the one thing that gets under my skin is like, you know, everybody's like, why they never made it is big. Right. I do. They, they, they are the best band in the, in the world. Yep. Uh, but the, the, the record buying public doesn't understand that. And going back to the oral history, apparently, you know, Sam Taylor, who was, who's really the reason why I think this band exists and sounds the way they do. Yep. So you have to, you, you have to give him so much credit, yep. but he turned out to be the devil apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they fired him. And he also made the decision not to release Goldilocks as a single. Right. And I think if I read correctly, he didn't want them to become too big too fast. Wow. And that's like, are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 like management one oh one. Like that's not my when I manage I manage a couple bands and my job is to get them as many fans as possible. My job is not to go, well, well, let's wait and see. Uh, and certainly certainly then, but certainly now. Uh, if we can be a hit now, why would you? Why would you hold that back? That explains a lot, though, Doug. Yeah, it does. That really does. Like, so I hate to go out on a sour note, but no, there it no, is. <laughs> <laughs> no. I get, I get, I get frustrated with people that say that you know, oh, they they could have been so much bigger. They could. I'm like, they they're doing great. They've got hundreds of people that come out to see them that know them that you know that they're part of their lives, and and uh, I think that's success. I think yeah. it's success. Maybe I'm wrong. Glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Take Doug. it easy. So, Matt. So, so for me, yeah, I, yeah. Just, I just want to say to them, or say to Doug, you know, thank you so much. It's been, I don't know how many years since at least 25 years I've been listening to your music and it's always meant a lot to me. Um, I do think about you, Doug, a lot and uh, you're in my prayers quite often. Um but I want to wish you a happy birthday and I can't wait to hear some of your new stuff that, that we're all like in so much suspense waiting for. If jealousy was a man, if jealousy was a man, Doug Pinnock's birthday today, as people are listening. 
And uh, we have a special guest. Somebody I've known for, oh, man, almost 30 years now. Yeah, not crazy. Bands in Detroit and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Would you please, please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Derek Silabrace, longtime friend of Ryan Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the uh, group from the 90s group, Leader Dogs for the Blind, that, that Ryan was involved with as our manager and our and uh, one of our biggest fans. And um, I always appreciate that. And um, so we're here today to talk about King's X and Doug and, and you know, what we – how how it all started? So I've seen him. Wow. I've seen him a couple times. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't. I said. I think I've seen him maybe five times. Maybe that's, that's good. That's a good I saw list. him like once or twice. I think at Emerald Theater. Yeah, maybe. Have you um, seen him? You've seen him in other states as well. No. Wait. No. I'm sorry. No. I saw him. I saw him in Austin uh, a few thought. years yeah. ago, yeah, and that was an excellent, excellent show. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, what? Uh, when did? When did you figure you uh, asked Doug into your heart? I believe it was at the time when I was a Winger fan of the first Winger album, right? And which I think is still a good, really good album. And um, yep. Madeline was a big single, so that was Winger was Winger was it. And I, I remember reading an interview, or reading an article, or article or interview with, with Kip Winger. About bands that he was a band he was into, whatever, and he mentioned a group called Kings X, and Gretchen Girls in Nebraska, and then soon after that, I had been in an actual record store. I went to a record store not not too after this, not too long after I read this, I heard, um, I believe I heard Gretchen Girls in Nebraska in the record store. Really, and that's when it started. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. And I was like, wow, this is this is different. This is something I've never heard before yeah ever which and you yeah. you're a big music fan you at that point you would have listened to a ton of music oh yeah but yeah i was coming from coming from a diet of 80s rock yeah you know arena rock and guitar heroes and everything and um like i said you know winger was a big one for me at the time white snake was huge yeah um you know so Doc anybody and they recommended lynch they mob recommended any of that you were worth oh yeah yeah who, who he's so, worked with, who Doug's worked with, all those people over the years. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, when I first heard, I think it was, I want to say Gretchen. You know what? Maybe it was Over My Head. Over My Head was, was the, would have been the single, and you'd never heard anything like that. Yeah, and I was like, wow, what is this? And then one of the reasons I've seen them so many times is that every show is different. Even sometimes the set lists are very similar. There's still a magic about the three of them on stage that I can't oh, yeah. find. Like it's just oh, like yeah. when they start, they are they are like moving as one. Mm-hmm. I've only That's... seen that a couple times in my life. When I saw you two, you two moves like that right. on stage. But like to see a band that literally could finish each other's sentences, yeah, uh, that let you know that let each other have their freedom. They yeah. don't even they don't. I find they don't even have to look at each other if they you know when they're when they're taking it a little bit longer, adding extended solos. Right. They just they just have a rhythm to the three of them that. I've never seen before in my life, and so oh yeah, that, that and that's yeah, and I, I think that's what bands should have. You should have that yeah, that connection, and I that's probably easier with three people than six people or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we should discuss Doug and his monster bass tone. Nobody, oh, yes. nobody was is doing that or was doing that. Nope. I think he has a double string. He has a. a he has an eight string bass, I believe. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yep. And 
totally innovative tone and sound and, and the tunings. And I mean, those guys, people don't realize how big of an influence they've had on all rock and Everything. all metal. Yeah. Since, since the late nineties, at least, I mean, nobody was doing drop tunings really. No, no, no. It's, it's really funny too. Cause I've spent the last couple of weeks. I put the Spotify list together of uh, mainly Doug centric songs that's a huge list it's yeah. a huge list but i still had to scale it down like i, it's, I, I was trying to get up to 70 I was, the 70 oh was the number gosh. 70 was the number i was shooting for and i still had to get rid of about 30 songs because i was like nope that one's got to stay on Ooh, i don't know about junior. <laughs> junior's gone wild from billy I'm like, wow. that one's I, stay. I was trying to bl- i don't know that song i want to hear it and i was trying to stream the other day and the dang the internet was so slow but oh I seriously yeah that. what album is that from it was from the uh bill oh. bogus journey soundtrack it was uh okay. i think that's the only place it appeared on Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. I've heard it. I just it's been a long time. But there's so many in these 70 songs that I've chosen. There's so many different flavors of funk. There's so many different tones or so, like it's like it's like this mm-hmm. is the most underrated, arguably the most underrated group of music that I've ever heard because people probably know two wow, songs out of songs. 70. Uh, even even your hardcore right. fans might know a third of it, but it's like everyone has like lyrically and musically, it is mind blowing uh you know oh yeah you're 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 a deep cut guy for sure i, I, I don't i, I can't say that i'm as deep as you hey well <laughs> we're all trying to get deeper that's all. <laughs> so so what uh of of the music that doug's done with with anybody really what are, what are some of the tracks that stand out for you that kind of inspire you you're in a band called leader dogs for the blind obviously as we discussed yes. you've also done a project called bang up state and a couple others and yes. what what of uh, that they've done has inspired you as a as a player and as a i mean i mean i'm gonna go back i mean I, to me like the song like pleiades yeah it's just it's just a mind-blowing track that's probably one of my standout cuts that, those there's certain songs that always will kind of always be dancing around in your head always there it's not hard to forget them they're just if you want to hear it you can just kind of easily it's just kind of drifting around and i don't that's kind of sounds kind of weird but they're it's always swirling around in your head it's not out of reach like i if i want to remember the song pleiades you know it's right there in my memory banks i can yeah, pull it right yeah. out for some reason i, I you know the if we could restrain Pleiades, I'm not. I'm. I've never been a big lyric um, person. I don't. I don't remember a lot of lyrics. I don't really look at a lot of lyrics unless I really, really love a song. Right. But like that song, I know the you know the the main lyrics. Um, so Pleiades is one. The burning down. I actually had a side project with a friend of mine. We called it the burning down. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Uh huh. That's probably lost on MySpace somewhere still. Maybe. <laughs> I'll have to dig that up. <laughs> That's another one that resonated with me. Um, you know, anything off off Dog Man, of course. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fly I, I guys. listened to you know the ear candy. Lots of good, lots of good ear candy in that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's well, a, a, well, two, a good name those, for that album. Those two albums are so different, right? Right, because you had on uh, on Dog Man, you had you know just so crunchy heavy. Mm-hmm. And then you went to almost acoustic kind of to start. They're they're both they're both the band, and yeah. they both represent the best of the band, but they're completely different in so many ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's weird is I didn't really realize. I don't real I I tend to forget how involved Doug is in the actual music, the right. actual sound of King's X, right. the melodic sense. 
that he brings to the table. You listen to K- KXM, and yeah. Ty is not in that, right? But you hear the the s- similar melodies, and I just never really th- knew that was really that's really Doug. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's Doug. It's not yeah. Ty. Yeah, that's it's funny because he because he's playing with a different type of guitar player. But yeah, I think same- people forget he's actually. I mean, he he sings. He he. He obviously plays the bass, but he also he's he's a huge part of the sound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The unique harmonies they use, and just yeah, I mean, it, all you gotta do is listen to a tie track, solo track, and a, and a King's X track, and you can tell right away. You know, all you have to do is go to the Spotify playlist. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Have yeah, you got there. that yeah, crazy, that crazy out. spotlight. <laughs> That's a nice sampling of of everything. Yeah. I pulled stuff from. Super Shine. I pulled some from pretty much all his side projects, plus uh-huh. you know, obviously King's X and KXM. Right. Uh, the, yeah. I, if if you go to that, I'm not saying it. It might be the definitive place to to catch up on everything that Doug's done. Uh, you know, and there's so many now ways to to get their get their stuff right. out there. Uh, so yeah, I I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Any last words? Any yeah, happy man. birthdays to Doug? You want to give? Doug, happy birthday. Thanks for all the, the the years of great music on innovation and creativity and, and, and originality like no other band. So I always used to, a long time ago, always kind of fantasize about this magical place called Katy, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And what was going on there. Yeah. And now you, now you live, now you're in Texas. Chain stores, yeah. Now I'm like two and a half hours from Katy, Texas. Never been there, but it's probably just a bunch of suburbs and, and chain chain stores. But <laughs> nonetheless, man, that was where magic magic was happening. So absolutely, thanks absolutely. again. Happy birthday! And you know what's great too with our history with Leader Dogs for the Blind. The day we got that postcard from Doug uh, after we I had mailed him the disc, and he took the time to sit and write and thank us for the disc. Uh, that yeah. we had given him, uh, but he took the time out of his busy day to write me and thank him for thank me for giving him the CD that he said he'd be yeah. listening to with Monty Colvin on the bus all the way back to Texas. <laughs> that was awesome, man! Yeah, I mean, totally cool. Yeah, and yeah magnificent, magnificent handwriting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually took some time to write it. Yeah, and not I, just scribble some out. And I remember thinking, as a manager, that's this is the best day I've ever had. Like, that's great. Yeah. To get right. to get that kind of feedback from somebody that you respect as highly as as we did as we do Doug for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Thank you very much. I know you're a busy man. Got stuff coming out and album coming out. In I'm having fun. A couple weeks, so I'm having fun. Feel, actually, I, I'm feeling a little restless. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too me too buddy all right man take it easy all right bro thank you appreciate yep, it thanks all right yep later everybody have fun tonight everybody wing chung tonight it'll actually take me less time to explain the benefits of using anchor to start your podcast so let's go with that anchor is absolutely the easiest way to start and manage your own podcast download it from your app store launch the app and anchor will guide you through the steps necessary to get all set up You'll be up and running within a few minutes. Also check this out. Anchor is absolutely free, both the app and the service. And they do really all of the heavy lifting for you by distributing your podcast to all the major networks. And check this out. You can actually even make money on your podcast. So again, it's dead simple and absolutely free. Get out to your app store now and download the Anchor app. Or go to anchor.fm on your laptop or desktop browser and you can get signed up and started there. We know you've got some extra time on your hands, so get out there, get yourself that Anchor app. Oh, and hey, look up our show, Cheap Flight, in the Discover section of the app. Leave us a voice message, and we'll mention your podcast on the show.
Should've seen the warnings The signs were everywhere Should've seen it coming I could feel it in the air As the clouds rolled in I can only blame myself To the Electric Church. Welcome back to People in Your Neighborhood. I have two very special guests with me tonight, two very good friends of mine. I met both of them in the 90s. Uh, probably met them at the roughly about the same time I discovered King's X. I, I, I don't mean I discovered King's X. I really wish that that was my role in life. But I, when I found out there was King's X and uh, that this music was beyond anything I'd ever heard before, and it just coincides with the two gentlemen that I have in the room with me tonight. Would you please introduce yourselves? My name is. Oh, wait a Kenny. minute! All, all of a sudden, you're both Canadian. And very <laughs> I'm the only Canadian on here right now. But <laughs> well, sorry, hey, I didn't know you were talking about me. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, well, down here, I'm down here in Nashville, and you know they do the same thing. Like when you're like driving to an intersection, like it's somebody else's turn, but they're letting you go. It's like, bro, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. You're, just just go, you know. <laughs> Southern hospitality. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm Kenny Carter and um you know, I met I met Ryan years ago at Cornerstone Fest and back in the early 90s and um I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh live in, actually Murfreesboro, just outside of Nashville and and uh I'm a big fan of the King's X, man. It changed my life and uh I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Absolutely. And, and you play music as well? Yeah. So I uh, I played music. I played in a band called Waterdeep um, back in the day and also uh, had a band called Trump Dogs. That's D-A-W-G-S. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like this, this killer band. It's one of the funkiest bands of all time, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I agree. And uh, yeah, but um, we, we're not, we don't play per se, but we will be releasing music here and there. Uh, we're more of an institution at this point. Uh, <laughs> nice. my, we, you know, my guys play in different bands around my, my uh, drummer, Lester Stell, he plays in Kelly Clarkson's band. So you might see him, see him on TV and stuff. And yep. um, Luke Sullivan, our guitar player, um, he plays with a bunch of different play, people who played with Mandisa for many years and some with Kelly Clarkson and all kinds of people. And so uh, the three of us are down here in the Nashville area. And then the other three are in Kansas City area, and then one is out in uh, California. But um, yeah, so that's that's my crew. And right now, I got a band called the Magi. We just released a new single uh, just a few months ago, and got another one coming up. Yes, uh, you did, and a video as well. Yeah, yeah. I made I shot I got I shot the video, which was kind of cool, yeah. and um, it was a lot of fun, and just kind of um, you know, it's been a, it's a great it's a great endeavor for us right now, and uh, some really talented cats. It's just like a three piece. It's just like beatboxing, bass acoustic guitar and three yeah. part harmonies. So we'll definitely post the video uh, with the podcast for sure. 
Right on, man. Thank you. Try. Very good. All mm-hmm. right. Thanks, Kenny. And Chuck. I, I, my my intro is going to sound like garbage now. <laughs> this guy's got a prolific music career as a studio cat, and it's like, yeah, I, um, I'm Ryan's buddy. Uh, Who dabbles so, in. Right. Who? Yeah. Nothing of any importance. So um, uh, I, I, my name is Chuck. I met uh, Ryan in, I think, 1990. We started going to some music festivals together and hanging out. Having, you know, I, in my opinion, probably one of the uh, more influential friendships I've ever had. Um, and I think a lot of that centered around uh, our, our personal philosophies on life and God and music. And, uh, you know, that, that just kind of glued us together and, and gave us a, um, a baseline to have a great relationship and, uh, in love and understanding and, um, candor. Uh, I think probably Ryan, you're one of the more honest people I've ever met and, and you're able to dispel that with love and empathy. And that's pretty incredible. And I'm a lawyer. So, so that makes no and sense. And you're a lawyer, but... which how you how you you. didn't become a huge asshole is beyond me (laughs) exactly still working on it um uh, well listen there was there's another story behind that but um (laughs) so i actually went to school to become a recording engineer up here in detroit and um it was me and and grant mormon of uh full on the mouth who went to school at the same time the same place he got the only job in town worth having which was working for ben gross of uh, filter fame um and I decided I didn't want to make somebody's coffee for the next 10 years. So I decided to kind of, I, well, I kind of fell backwards into um, user experience design uh, and you know, creative work that had more of a digital spin. Uh, and then that got me into video production uh, and eventually movie production with, of, of all people, Grant. Yeah. So cool. um, I, I, I've had some spin out into the entertainment industry, but it's all been very, very uh, contained. Uh, and then the day job is uh, user experience strategy and, and design and uh, architecture. So I have the boring um, day job, but it pays the bills. But I can still be creative. <laughs> but, uh, you know, ever since ever since the, the, the early 90s, um, Ryan and I have kept in touch. Uh, not as much as we should have, but uh, it's almost like we never forgot where we left off and are able to continue. So... Uh, when he asked me to be part of this uh, little podcast, I was thrilled, of course. That is the plan to keep keep That's doing about as much as I can contribute. You guys have a great conversation. I'll talk to you. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what we're doing. And 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 again, probably one of the last I don't, it wasn't one of the last times I saw you, but I remember being at a at a, a film shoot, a video shoot for a live upon a black star with Clayton uh, and yeah. Cell Dweller. Mm-hmm. And man, that turned out beautifully. I, I actually I, I've got it on Blu-ray. That I I was just so fortunate to be there and just saying, hey, I I know I can do special effects and graphics, and I I know how to use a camera. I've been using a camera my whole life, so the, you know, the opportunity was there. Clay just didn't know any better. He's right. like, okay, you can do it, <laughs> and and I'm like, okay, so it's mine to make a mess of or not, yeah, right? Yeah. So. Which which is so funny because. Grant and Dwight had a band before they were full in the mouth called Lost Tribe and uh, Lost mm-hmm. Tribe. I met them at a King's X show at the Ritz in Detroit, Roseville. But 
I, I met them at that show. And from I, that I point, from that point on, yeah, from that point on, I li- I think I'd gotten the car with them and drove down to Nashville to GMA like three weeks later. So I had met them, uh, two <laughs> heavy grungy looking dudes and driving yeah. in a car with me to Nashville. And I was like, I'm totally cool with this. I, I, I connect with these two guys. We were talking the same language. And because I drove with them, I drove with them to GMA is where I met more and more people that had a, a very similar, similar That's another mindset. long road trip with you and two white guys in a car. <laughs> and, that, and that ends well. And I'm still alive at the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So tell me fellows, when did you first ask Doug into your heart? <laughs> that's true. That's the question that throws you off. Okay. Go ahead. Go not ahead. Literally, not literally, but figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my story was kind of interesting. In 1989, uh, I went to my first Cornerstone Festival, and um, I was walking around there, and everybody kept walking up to me and going, "Man, that guy looks like King's X. Uh, looks like the lead singer for King's X." Dude, did anybody ever told you you look like the King, lead singer for King's X? I'm like, man, I don't even know who this band is. You know, <laughs> yep, yep. It's like the name King's X. It sounds like you know, like some thrash, you know, like super heavy band. Exactly. You know? Yep. So I had this picture in my head of what people were talking about, you know, and I was thinking, why would I look like them? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, black kid from Kansas City with like, you know hair shaved on the side you know just walking around and he's you know torn up, did, up up. Jeans, did you, you have know. the mohawk you, you had the mohawk at that time pretty much it wasn't okay. big like his was you know but it was just like it was I just, yeah it was enough yeah <laughs> okay. it was kind of long in the back you know kind of like a yeah anyways uh <laughs> but i didn't have any idea what they were talking about right you know? yeah and yeah. so i got back to kansas city and i had uh i just i i had just joined this band uh fresh out of high school me and this buddy of mine named Nick, we joined this this you know a Christian thrash band. Okay, you know? Yep. And so uh, we start playing with these guys where we meet for our like our first or second practice. I can't remember what it was. It was like afterwards uh, we get in the van of the bass player's mom's van. You know, so we're rolling around and and uh, and he mentioned the bass player mentioned something about the the band King's X. I'm like, man, I keep hearing about this band. He's like. He's like, you got to hear him, man. He's like, da, 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 whatever. It's like, he hands me Gretchen Goes to Nebraska on cassette. Okay. And I'm this dude, I was always had a Walkman, you know, just always, you know. <laughs> and so I'm like, just like, I think everybody else's experience. I put that record on and I just stayed in the van until it was over. Yep. Like people were just getting in and out. You know, I'm the moment I had to get out, I'm like, I take, I don't take my headphones off. I'm like lost completely. Yeah confused because i feel like this is the music i've been dreaming about like these i feel like these dudes were in my head uh-huh. you know yep. and uh it just how like, kenny how yeah. far ahead of their time like it wasn't another four or five years before you started hearing anything like that well and if they did it was mimicking yeah of course yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's like well let me tell you a funny story so like that's the moment I fell in love with Doug Pinnock and the whole crew and everything they were doing. I mean, I just, I could not comprehend what I was listening to. It was like, it created a hunger in me that I didn't know that I had. Mm -hmm. And it was going to take a year and a half of listening to that record over and over again for it to (laughs) die down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
Uh, but the funny thing is, is that when I was like in, I don't know, eighth or ninth grade, um, I went to go see Petra. It was the, I think it was the, uh, it was the, the year after beat the system. They did this, uh, this live album. And uh, so they were touring that or whatever, but this Morgan Cryer was opening up <laughs> and uh, oh my I God, rode, these names. <laughs> yeah. So like I rode with these dudes who I don't even know how I knew them. I don't know if, I don't know how I met these guys. Yeah. They were older than me. It's like, they came and picked me and my buddy up and we went to this show but they took forever. We were waiting for somebody. I don't remember who it was. We rolled up to their house. We waited for forever. The show had already started. We got there. And I think Petra was like in the middle of the first song. Afterwards, these friends were coming up to me like, man, you missed Morgan Cryer. Their band was amazing. The bass player flicked this bass pick out to me and I caught it. And it's like, they were the coolest. But they just crushed Petra. I was, like, man. I was like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? I wanted to see it, but I didn't know what they were describing. Years later, I find out that was freaking King's X. <laughs> Surprise. Wow. So they were on, they were opening for Christian X. I didn't know that. They were, they they were, were the backing. band. They were the ba- Morgan Cryer's band. Yep. Yeah. If you, oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Craig oh in God. the USA, man. That was them. <laughs> I've got, I had a chance to see freaking King's X when I was in junior high or whatever. <laughs> like I stopped a freshman in high school. It's like, and I missed it because I rode with some jokers who decided to stop and pick somebody up. I don't even know yeah. who he is. It took their time. We don't need to watch that opening act. <laughs> Yeah. Who wants to see an opening act? Come on now. Who wants to see? A, who wants to see one of the most seminal acts in rock and roll? Right, right. Well, Kenny, exactly. Two things, Kenny. That's why you and I get along so well because we're willing to just jump in the back of somebody's car that we don't really know. Right. Which is which is it has served us well apparently, except for this exactly. one time. Except for that except one. Except for this one. Yeah. But the other thing is that thing. is that I, I'm notorious. Uh, Chuck, you might remember this from the shows at, at the Ritz. I would show up because I, I was studying law at the time in the 90s, early 90s. So I had to cram because I didn't I had bad study habits. And so I was cramming for exams, <laughs> but I knew there was a King's X show. I remember I had, a, I had a constitutional law exam the next day, but King's X was playing in Detroit that night. I said, look, if I study right up until nine o'clock, they're not going on till 11 anyway. So if I study <laughs> up until 930 and try to cram as much as I can in, maybe I'll bring some notes and maybe I'll look at them and didn't look at them at the concert. But I was notorious. I was notorious. I knew I could skip the opening bands that were terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it wasn't the Cowboys. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't any, it wasn't Atomic Opera. It wasn't right, a good band. Right. It was just some local bands that were playing. And I would yeah. stroll in <clears throat> and everybody would be down at the front. All Chuck and all my buddies would be down at the front. And I would stroll in. We had been there for four hours. <laughs> been waiting in line for four hours. And I would just yeah. like get down to the front of the stage and be like, let's go. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the running joke almost for a decade that Ryan could come to a concert not having a ticket. Yeah. And end up in backstage getting autographs <laughs> and watch the whole show from like the wings. And I'm like, how in the world? It's I'm like, I gift. had to buy these called, tickets like months ago. It's called just walk in. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the Axel Foley. I call it the Axel Foley principle. Yeah. It really is. Beverly yeah. Hills building inspector. <laughs> put, the, put the ID back down. I remember one time I said, I'm sorry, could you tell me where row C is? And I just held my ticket in my hand so they couldn't see it. And they said, oh, row C, it's dead, the third row from the front. So they took me down to row C, and I sat at, at one of the shows. <laughs> this dude. <laughs> I didn't say I had tickets for row C. I said, where is row C? Yeah. It was a classic. You know, Ryan always looked like he belonged there. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. He's got, that, he's got that thing about him, you know. Yeah. But at a King's X show, 
uh, I know, and I don't know if Kenny, you felt the same way. Doug looks out in the crowd. And he's like, Oh, Ryan's here. Oh, good. Like, it's like in, in a sea of, in a sea of white. My career is so relevant. Ryan's here. There I am. There I am. Right. We connect. So I tend to stand out at those, at those shows for sure. Right. right. I've, I've had a whole history of standing out at, at rock shows. It's just what I do anyway. Bro. Dude. Yeah. That's our life. That's our life. And, and, that's and we love it. Me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man, that can't take it. Can't take it from me. No, absolutely not. That is a cool story. Kenny. That's, that's Wow. You you could have seen them before, but they weren't King's X, so maybe maybe you were spared. <laughs> Look at it that yeah, way, but man. But but the crazy thing is, is like I kind of dug the Morgan Cryer thing, yeah. And yeah. it was the, the his record was produced by what's his name, uh, Dave, David. What's his name, uh, Jonathan? Whatever, I Jonathan David Brown. Uh, yeah, Jonathan David Brown. Yep. yep. And he never turns up the bass. No. In his in his mixes, no. and so like. If I could have seen King's X playing with freaking Morgan Cryer, it would have made the record for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once again, just a little technical. <laughs> that's how my brain. That's how my brain was thinking, even as a middle school kid. You know, it's like, it's like, where's the why? Why doesn't he turn up the bass? You know, it's like <laughs> what, so. Confused. What is wrong with this picture? <laughs> Boy, you know that whole like late eighties um, mixophobia <laughs> in music yeah. was really. Puzzling. You know, I was I went to school in at that same time to become a recording engineer, and you know, we somebody literally brought um, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was either Allison Chains or um, Soundgarden into the mix room, and we're like, um, "Hey, none of our music sounds like this." <laughs> and we just looked at our instructor and he's like well don't look at me i don't know how to make it sound like that <laughs> and uh you know I'm, I'm like well what are we missing like i should be in seattle if i guess i want to learn this trade well you know yeah, yeah. yeah there was a, there was a distinct difference yeah Which... i mean you're, you're talking about like a, a, a that was a, the industry literally was turning itself on its ear and right. reinventing itself from a sound perspective right. yeah uh and it, Probably the same thing happened, you know, uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, where you recorded things the same way for 20 years. And right. when you started having artists like Hendrix and Deppelin and uh, the Beatles start saying, um, hey, I want to take a hole in the front of my speaker and see what that sounds like. <laughs> I mean, just nobody did that right. stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, it's distorted guitar. Well, maybe if we just re reconfigured the stamp and blew it up halfway through the session, it would sound even better. So let's do that. <laughs> Where, where people are, are just, you know, it's like reckless abandon in, into recording and, and into music and uh, putting so much soul into it that it's just undeniable. And I think that's something we saw in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I just saw a recent interview with Doug where he was saying that once they realized they need they could choose a new producer and they went with Brendan O'Brien, which changed everything. Wow. You know, that was, you know, You're also talking about a guy who's at the pinnacle of his yeah, game yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. And they and they, I think they were really in love with the whole grunge thing at the time as well, right? So yeah, and, um, and still t still had, tight with all those guys. Yes. Yeah. Well, they have a lot of mutual respect as musicians as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to pick one song, which three would you choose? Because <laughs> there's no way you're you're gonna there's no way you're gonna pick one and say okay that's the definitive. Doug King's X song that's out there. It, it, it's just not going to happen. So I, I gave some leeway 
offered a little bit of grace. <laughs> that's a, it's not an easy one. Yeah, that's a that's a brutal one. Good golly. Uh man, it's 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 weird because like I mean, it's just too many stinking records for mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh but you know, I think I mean, probably off the top of my head, I'm going you know, Goldilocks, like you say, mm-hmm. yep. uh, and uh, I'll never get tired of you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why the mellow ones, but because uh, you know, just just straight out the straight out the gate, you know, um, uh, man, that's the, the the aggressive ones are what got me the most. You know, just yep. like, but I think that the ones that stick with me are are those those beauties. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, I would probably have to say, golly, what am I going to die on? What hill am I going to die on? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Those are good ones. Those come, are good ones. come back to yeah. me. Come back Don't to me. I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I love, I love, I'll never get tired of you. That, man, that song is, that song is amazing. Man, you know what? I'm, as I think about it, I'm probably going to have to go with Lost in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think like just the twist, oh my God. twist and turns of that mm-hmm. joint just changed my life, you know? I just I kind of rediscovered that record again recently, uh, just going out for a walk and I pulled it up and I was just like, dude, <laughs> like all these all these emotions came rushing back. And, you know, they were able to just like, I don't know, just put that it's just those moshy guitars mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, like, yeah. They were just like so heavy. And it just like that was my that was my thing. They were doing everything that I wanted to do. You know, it's like I'm a little bit more on the funk tip right, than they right. are. But it's like melding that that just ultra aggressive heavy thing with the beauty and the you know just chord chord progressions that were from another planet Mm -hmm. you know uh you know tonality just coming out of left field and oh man it's like just even how that thing ends it's like what were you what were you thinking that you allowed yourself to do that like (laughs) and i think that was the thing with those guys is is that they were doing things that I had to give myself permission to do. And I don't know who it was that inspired them to do mm-hmm. that. I don't, I don't know if they inspired each other or if there was somebody that they looked up to or if it was Sam or what, I don't know what the thing was that gave them to the permission to just put it all in a blender and just like, just beautifully connect it and, uh, and offer it to us as such a mm-hmm. gift, yeah, you know? I agree. Uh, but that was, that was the great inspiration. There's these bands that stand out when they tell, they're like, they're like going, yeah, buddy, you can do that. You know, it's like, they don't know they're doing it. They're just doing whatever they do, you know, <laughs> yep. but it's like, but to me, it's like, yeah, you can go ahead and go to that thing that you had in the back of your mind. You know, it's like, Oh really? This is, this is okay. This is great. That's what they were to me. It's like, man, I'm Gave going all out. Gave you permission. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. What do you think, Chuck? Um, I mean, obviously, these are this like I'm I'm grinning from ear to ear because every one of these songs is so meaningful, and and I've I literally wore the CD out that the thing, listening to them over and over and over again, and just letting myself, you know, um, swan dive into the lyrics, right, and just let them try to mean something to me. Um, and you know, oddly enough, one of the ones that I that I love doug singing on 
was not something he sang lead on, and that was not just for the dead. Right. Yep. Um, but he sings such a powerful uh, harmony vocal; mm-hmm. it's it's just stunning. Like how you know, because Ty's kind of a weak vocalist. He's he's more of a um, you know talk singer than anything else. Not that he doesn't have a bad voice; he's right. got a great voice. But like you know, Doug. Doug's power vocals on the back sure, of that song. Yeah. I, I bring a tear to my eye every time I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's so soulful and that song is so deep and it's so a biblical in proportion. Um, and that's something I can never forget is how soulfully spiritual their lyrics are, no matter where their journey yeah. was. Um, mm-hmm. You're talking about people that didn't want necessarily to be a Christian band, but couldn't hide the influence of their spiritual mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, yeah. And I was, that, that was incredibly admirable. And man, I sat there, I know you have to, man, you know, after the show at the um, autograph table and I watched a lot of kids just come up and like, they wanted to literally argue the Bible with right, them. Yeah. And I was just like, what? That, that was a, you know, not to take this into a no, downer, no. but, that's my job. Um, that was just one of the things where I'm like, I wish they would just leave them the F alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're doing a fantastic job being who yeah. they are. And if you would just let them be that, they'll be all the inspiration you need or none yeah. of it. Yeah. Like you're the one that chooses you, 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 I had, a, I was going through a lot of shit at that point right. in my life, like spiritually just kind of figuring out what my true North was. Yeah. Right. And, um, that kind of stuff just takes the wind out of your yeah. sails. You're just, you just, I literally want to smack this kid, you know? And you know, and, and you and, know, what's uh, interesting is, is that's a lyric. Uh, there's a lyric that I, has meant more to me over the last, I don't know, 15 years. The, the lyric is, I just don't care like I used to. Right. Mm. Like, and, and I think, and I, and I, right. and I embraced it when it came out and I loved it and sang along with it. But then as I got older, I was like, I don't care about that stuff anymore. I don't, I'm not going to try to debate and, and find out, you know, right. or ask intrusive right. questions when I don't know them personally. You know, I know them from seeing them at shows. I let go of all of that stuff, that religiosity, partially because the band was kind of leading me that way to some degree. What's interesting is that whole honest answer is, this isn't your journey, right. bro. Yeah. This is their journey. And they're putting it out on music for you to yeah. listen to. Like, what else do you want from <laughs> exactly. them? You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this mind-blowingly, deeply spiritual, like, incredibly musical stuff. And, and you're just pissing it away with some weird argument. Like, it made me really understand why they're, they just wanted to, like, shift the weight yeah. from that as hard yeah. as they could. Like yeah. what a bummer for the, for those you know? who have ears to hear. I think that's been the philosophy that they've employed for uh, a lot of years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you if you're open, and, it was, and they were always very fond of saying, "This is just how yeah. we see yeah. it." Like, I'm sure, you see it completely different. And yeah. That's good for you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to like take a left hand turn, but I just I remember <laughs> that being like, I just had this look on my face. I must have looked so disgusted. I'm like, what? Why are you asking this question? Like, they just put a banger show on, man, and they're you know they're dripping yeah, in sure. sweat, they're wiped out, and they're there signing like five thousand. And, and they're hanging you know? out. 
There's not a VIP package you had to buy to hang out with the band. Nope. They're at the bus. They're out. At no, the show. who had the will to stand next to the bus? If anybody, if anybody, <laughs> if anybody should have a VIP package, it's them. But they don't. They're just there. <laughs> they just make themselves available, and they've always been that way since day one. So, yeah. The yeah. only I, I have a great story, yeah. by the way, and I think you know part of this, but I was obsessed with the first four album guitar tone so much so that I actually bought those amps. Okay, yep. Like I, I found those amps and bought a couple and converted one exactly the way Ty did. And I said, Hey man, um, it was before the show, the bus pulls up. I don't know why I was there so ridiculously early, probably because I was, I had nothing better <laughs> going on, but I brought the amp with me and I'm like, uh, he comes out and I'm like, Hey, um, I know you're busy setting up, but would you mind? I, I have an amplifier I'd like you to sign. And I pulled out of the back of my, my truck and he's like, no way. And he's like, I would be delighted to sign this. So I have, uh, I have that amp, you know, with Ty's signature on nice. the front of it. And he's like, this is exactly what I did, man. He's like, I saw the combo off the bottom of the amp and just brought it up to the top. He's like, you did exactly the thing I did. <laughs> I'm like, that's the I'll ever get. So thanks. Very cool. That's tight. Very cool. So clearly you've been impacted to say the least. <laughs> And I, and I will tell you that a good a good buddy of mine is in this hot band right now, and I said, "Hey, have you ever you know you ever tried these solid state amps these these old Roland solid state amps?" And um, they're the Lab Series. And he's like, "No, but I've heard of them." He's like, "Do you know those were designed by Moog?" Wow. I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, those circuit boards were designed by Moog." And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "Well, let me." He's like, "Do you mind if I play through it?" So I let him borrow the amp, and he's like. He's like, dude, this is going on the album. He's like, yeah. this. He's like, I've never heard an, an amplifier like with frequency response like this. And I started, to, you know, when you hear another musician who doesn't even really, he was obviously a King mm. Dex fan, but not like right. excessive. And he's, he's, I can see why he chose this amp. He's like, <laughs> it is stupid. Like, and every, they're all, all everybody plays guitar on the album. Like these guys are like, they play yeah. everything. And um, uh, he's like, we're all just obsessed over this amp. Like, it's, it's incredible. I'm not so. sure that he's really a King's X fan. If you said he's not, obsessed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's one of those guys that he's he's one of those cats that is like very demure, and he won't like totally let you know what his all of the, all of his right. influences are, but they're all yeah. over the board. Um, but you you know, he he we we went to the last uh, um, uh, what's the Steve Petrucci band? Uh, I don't know. Oh my God. The big, the big, uh, um, progressive metal band. Dream theater. Oh, is he playing with dream theater? Dream, oh yeah. Dream okay. theater. Oh. So, um, please edit that out. <laughs> okay. Cause I sound like an idiot. He's um, <laughs> I couldn't remember Look, dream theater. As long You're as not you a fan. King's X. Um, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, that's really, so good. he's like, you know, let's yeah, go see yeah. dream theater together. I'm like, boy, yeah, you are. Yeah. Geek. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Sure. I've seen dream theater. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're amazing, amazing. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I'm not as much of a musician. I'm hardly, barely a musician. I am married to a harpist, so I, that kind of gives me some kind of credit. But uh, a harpist? Uh, well, you should be a theater fan. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, it was, it was, uh, yeah, right. all the musicians were amazed. But I mean, I've seen, I've enjoyed other bands that are, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a different, different exactly. I like the way, <laughs> I like the way you put that. You bailed me out there. Yeah, Dream Theater. Yeah, good, good band. Yeah. 
you know, <laughs> they kind of know what they're doing. But yeah, I think, um, you know, another another big one for me was the world yeah. around me. Um, and I, the more I think about it, the more I kind of did, I did obsess over King's X, King's X when it came out. And I didn't know it was going to be like the last um, Sam right. Taylor album, but uh, they were, they were starting to get really refined and the sound was really becoming amazingly tight. And um, the, the lyrics and the harmonies and it was, you know, it was all classic King's X. It was like the, it was like the swan song. Of, it was a yeah. send off for sure. Like, yeah. It really was, was right? It, right. And um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Man, think about it. World Around Me, Prisoner, yeah. The Big Picture, yeah. Lost in Germany, Chariot Song, Ooh Song, Not Just for the Dead. Black yeah. Flag, bro. What I Know About Love, Black Flag, Dream of My Life, and Silent Wind. All those songs, like any one of them could have been yeah. a great thing, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And maybe that's what they were trying to do, too. You know, They might have needed something to kind of pop off. Because I think I heard one or two of those songs you know, show up on rock radio, and, uh, and I I think they were really trying to make something stick, but it was, it was just that moment, man, where I think it got clear that they were not going to be mainstream, right. you know, yep. it's like, I mean, they got the dog man thing and that was pretty cool. But I think that what was happening with the King's X record, it's like, it was kind of the sign that, Hey, listen, they're not going to be able to drink this. You know, it's like, it's like, it just, it would require a different music industry mm, at that yeah, point, yeah. you know? And uh, I think that, like, you know, it took the Beatles, you know, a lot of records, you know, before they were able to, you know, drop the stuff they right, really wanted yeah. to drop, you know. And I think that King's X just came out the gate with yeah, it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's so, it, it, yeah, there was that, like, reckless abandon, right? Like, like you said, you had, you, you, they were doing stuff that you had to ask permission to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's really an incredible piece of insight because they didn't do that and it cost them their pop status yeah you know but they made a concerted effort because i think that as when they were the edge uh like i think they were trying to fit mm. you know and something happened in there and maybe it was sam i don't know but it was just like they were like all right well this might not work either so let's just go do something yeah, we really yeah. love you know yeah, I know. It's, it's, like, I don't know if you guys have I've read the uh, the oral history book, but man, there's a lot of gaps that are filled in. Um, and the way it's written is just like chronologically, and then talking to each of the guys and other people that were in and around. It's who, a great book. Who put that uh, book? Together? Greg Prado was his name. Uh, he's written a bunch of them, but but he, but he talk about a yeah, super fan. Yeah, he uh, he's written. I off the top of my head, I think he's written the Soundgarden book. I think he's written he's written a number of like the oral history books, but he said King's X was the one he always wanted to do. Like he's he's written books about bigger bands and stuff like that. He said, but King's X and he and he really tackles the argument of, you know, were they a success? Even though, you know, even though they didn't hit the numbers like everybody else, they still to this day have a fan base that will crawl out of the woodwork to come see them. And sing yep. and sing along yeah. every every word, multiple, you know, multiple times, times a, year. a year, and sing along every word, so that, they, that for certain songs they don't have to sing it anymore. Uh, yeah, I think that's yep. successful. I hold that up as yeah. successful, absolutely. So it goes back to that work, you know, that having a they're yeah. they're a working band, yeah. right? You can you can see that in certain bands get massive uh, radio play licensing and recording success. Certain bands. It's touring success, 
right? More than album sales. And then other bands are just like, it's a combination of all of the above. Like if they didn't sell t-shirts, right. they wouldn't eat, yeah. you know? Mm. So, um, and I, I, I never looked at that as, as a sign of musical success, pop stardom or super stardom. Yeah. But you know, I think that would have ruined them sure. quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. Mm. And I, I say that as Mr. Bystander, obviously, you know, I wouldn't want, I hate it when musicians who are really fantastic have to literally starve their way through their career. I don't think they have. I think they've, they've all had decent, they've made decent livings. It's just been right. hard yeah. bought, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it requires all yeah. that touring. I mean, yeah. which is, that's a hard if, life, right? If you don't, yeah. If you don't have enough hits, man, you just gotta be, you gotta be out there and you lose a lot. It's just one of those that. things that when you see them, live and you, you when you see them live you recognize that they got each other's back no and no matter what yeah and that that keeps them on the road that keeps them out connecting and they really like each other and they really like you know yeah. playing together and they they really operate as one uh which you know there's there's and look at the young yeah, look at the younger yeah, fan base exactly there's there's kids that weren't alive when Gretchen came out that are at these shows singing every there's, song. There's, like this has been generationally yeah, yeah. passed down. I have now, to send you, know? you there's, I don't know if you've seen the video of the two kids listening to, I think it was Gretchen for the first time. Oh, it's amazing. Oh yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> I, I will, I, I will send it to you yet, and I'll I'm post it as part of this for sure. Cause just watching them go through each song going, Oh my goodness. Ooh, I like the harmonies. Ooh, this is, they're like, they're like eight and 12 or something. Like it's just, it's cool to hear, to see them do it, uh, to genuinely fall in love with this album for the first time. Uh, I was a little bit older than that, but not much. So well, anything, anything you want to say, happy birthday to Doug or anything like that? Or if he, if he happens to listen. Yes. Right. Right. Well, obviously, you know, happy birthday to Doug. I remember, man, it's, I have, there's so much history here that we couldn't get into in, in this little interview thing, but you know, one of my, I just want to say one of my favorite moments in my life, honestly, was the time that Kings X came to Kansas city and played mm. at the hurricane and Trump dogs oh, got to open up. Come on. Come get on. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is, it's the yeah. moment, you know what I mean? Like, wow. Uh, so I got, I got a chance to play with, you know, my right. musical heroes and, and uh, and they That's dug my awesome. band, you know. It was like that was one of the coolest yeah, things yeah. ever, you know, to to be able to talk to Ty and, you know, he just he you know he was just really effusive about his excitement about the band and stuff, and all the guys signed off on it, you know. It's like it was just a really great great night for me, and um, and uh, yeah, we we wrapped us wrapped ourselves well, and and they put on a great show, and you know, it was just it's just a special moment, small place, but man, we just. It was it was that thing, you know. Do you remember what year that was? You know, uh, man, I want to say that would have been like okay. thirteen yeah. years ago, I think, because before I met my wife, uh, which I think was no, that was thirteen years. So maybe it's mm. like fourteen years ago. Yeah, I think it might have been fourteen years ago. I, I could probably find it. I mean, I got it somewhere oh, yeah. jotted down. But that's uh, amazing. But yeah, that yeah, was a, that was a big deal. So, um, but anyways, but obviously, like Doug Pinnock. It, for the guy to be, you know, such a, I don't know. He's like a legend in so many ways because he went before us like all the way back to yeah, the seventies, yeah. you know, he was part of like a scene that was like 
that was like legendary to those of us who grew up in the whole right, Christian right. rock world. You know, it's like he's got he's got friends that you know from way <laughs> way way back. You know, in that in Jesus movement scene, and and then for him to have, you know, I mean, I'm from Kansas City, and they were at, they went to. They were down there in Springfield, right, yeah. Missouri at Evangel. So it's like everything feels yeah. really close, yeah. you know, to me in a lot of ways. I, and all this happened <laughs> without my knowledge, you know. And here's this yeah. brother, you know, who does right, rock right. and roll, you know. And so, like, about there it is again. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yep, we the yep, same. Yep. We understand you know, like, each other. And so, yeah. And so, um, anyways, I just... Uh, I've always looked up to that, you know, looked up to him and his, his legacy that he's created and just been blown away by just the things that his music has done to me and, you know, in my, my soul and my, my art and everything. And, and even, you know, spiritually, you know, so many songs that have, you know, spurred me on even the way he writes mm -hmm. his poetry. Like, I mean, it's always a challenge for me. I'm always trying to learn like, man, how does he get so much said? And it was yeah, so few yeah. words like that dude, you know, he's on yeah. the, he's on that tip. And, uh, and so I just, I've just been blown away since 1989, you know, like this cat, something else. And I remember one time uh, I was, I was living in Atlanta and I was going to this junior college. I was talking to this, this kid. It was just another young black rocker kid or whatever. I was older than him, but he was like a young cat. And, I, we were talking about music or whatever. And then I said, said something about King's X or whatever. And I, I said something about King's X and he's like, man, can't, can't no 50 year old going to rock me, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was just like, you might be the dumbest brother I've ever heard. In my life. You clearly haven't seen him. It's like, it's like bro, you don't know what you're talking you learn about. Today, buddy. I was like, I can still picture him. I'm like, and you probably ain't gonna do nothing with your life. It's like this guy literally yep. reinvented rock and roll, and you sit here talking. You don't know what you're talking about. You you stupid. I'm sorry. All, right. all, all I say this, kid, this guy's throwing away more time than he's written. Right. All I say is look as good and play as good at seventy. I will not. To quote to sub quote Yoda. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's I, every time you every time we talk about how old he is, I'm like that's just impossible. Yeah, my mind yeah, kind of twists yeah. a little bit, you know. It, it's like I, I mean, he's, yeah, he's showing a little bit in the face, but you know, the guy's been thin and ripped and in great yeah. shape his entire life and belting out the tunes. How has a guy like him yeah. never blown yeah, his voice exactly. out? Yeah, you know what I mean. We're talking yeah. like he yeah. belts it uh, and man. gives it all at every show. It's, it's yeah, it's amazing. Oh, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you know, he he obviously knows how to control his vocals, but um, you, sometimes you can't tell. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds like he's screaming, you know. Well, a little bit of insight about this, and I'm going to hip you guys to this. The night that we played with them, he told us that he had just started using in-ears. And so huh. it changed his life. Wow. Because he could actually hear himself. Yeah. So he didn't have to sing. I've so heard hard. that from a bunch, bunch of musicians. Yeah. But see, I was shocked when he told us, like, and Ty didn't want to have nothing <laughs> to do with it, you know, but like for Doug, he was like, man, it's like. I can hear myself and I don't have right. to hurt myself so much. And it was like, it was really interesting. Like he literally like just that week or that tour or something like that had just, they, he just wow. gave in and got some in-ears huh. and it just changed his game. So he's yeah. still rocking at this stage yeah. probably because of that. I would... Well, what musician hasn't fought the monitors? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I mean, at some point, don't <laughs> yeah. you just give up? Yeah. 
You're just like, well, I hope I sound good because I certainly yeah, can't DR, hear DR it. DR Strings yeah. hosted the Zoom call last week, and it was uh, co-hosted by Victor Wooten, and there were so many players. They had uh, like, uh, Ida. She's the uh, third eye girl uh, bass player, Prince's uh, third eye girl band. Like it was oh. just, it was just a, yeah, yeah. a cavalcade yeah. of stars all on there. And Doug and I started. I got on it because Doug was going to be on it. And and uh, when Doug said, "I'm about to turn seventy, everybody stopped on a Zoom call. Everybody went quiet, and they were like, <laughs> "What did you just say?" He said, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm a senior member yeah, of this what? group, and and I'm about to turn 70. And they were like, "No," like people were literally like, "There's no way. Come on." Like they know how busy he's yeah. been more so in the last 10 years. Right. And they just, they just were yeah. just stunned. They were just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> just, just about as stunned as I was when you said cavalcade of stars, that was, uh, that you was like that. that you like that. Yeah. Drop right I, I pulled that out of like the 1945, uh, <laughs> <laughs> reel at the theater. <laughs> You'll enjoy a cavalcade of stars. <laughs> Lucille Ball. <laughs> Ball. In the middle of all concessions. <laughs> yeah. I, I as soon as I said cavalcade, I went, oh, I like the way I used that. I, I try I to use that at least once a day. You know, so you know. Well, thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> we love you, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Thanks for all the years of inspiration, man. And I don't think you're gonna slow down anytime soon, but keep keep punching away. And for the listeners that are new to Doug Pennock's music, go tell somebody. Bye.